Hi, this is Angel Lady Movie Talk. I'm your host, Sherry Lee Myers, because Angel Lady is all about second chances. Today, our guests are going to be talking about their organization, Raise the Wolf NOLA, that provides second chances to dogs. This rescue organization, brand new, right here in New Orleans, is dedicated to pulling dogs who have been in the shelters for too long, for months, if not years. And these dogs are getting a chance to be transitioned back into living with human beings and then transitioned into forever homes. And for the short while that Raise the Wolf Nola has been in operation, every placement has been successful. So my first guest is going to be Julie Bowers Van Couture. She is indeed a force of nature and a great friend. Started this passion for you to save animals, to save dogs. I went through a a kind of a little dark period in my life. Mm -hmm. And a part of that brought me a dog named Sue. She was just there with me the whole way. And then I decided Sue needed a friend. So I went to the shelter and I adopted Brenda. Mm -hmm. And Brenda was with us for about two years. And she did subsequently pass away. Mm -hmm. But when I went to adopt Brenda, I saw a chalkboard that said how many dogs are here, how many cats are here. It's rabbit, a snake, whatever. There was a lot of dogs in there, 151, I think, on the day that I went. And then I, that that didn't really push me into overdrive, but something happened. I kept going to work, and a dog would be running. So I would pull over and pick up that dog, try to figure out where the dog belonged. Mm-hmm. If it had a person, nine times out of ten, they didn't have a person. They were mm-hmm. thrown out of a car. They were abandoned, dumped. And yeah. so I had a vet. And so I just started taking the dogs to the vet, getting them checked um, for a chip. If they didn't have a chip. I would make posts all over social media. Mm-hmm. Nobody responded. They went straight to my vet. I begged for money on social media. Everybody knows that I Mm. am not too proud to beg. And so I would get them spayed, get them neutered with whatever they need, heartworm tested, treated for heartworms if they needed to be that. Mm -hmm. And then just find them homes. I've had about a 98% success rate. Every single adoption over the last five years since 2018 has been 100% successful. Now, Raise the Wolf Nola, obviously, Mm -hmm. is going to be dedicated to doing what you were doing just on your own and independently. It's it's actually going to be a little different. A lot of dogs need to be rescued is because, okay, one, maybe I pass away and I haven't figured out where these dogs are going to go, my personal dogs, when I pass away. So I haven't set up It's a simple piece of paper. You just speak to the people that you know. Will you take my dogs if something happens to me? So it's it's a simple document. It's nothing Mm -hmm. legal beagle. But you need to make provisions. So it's educating people on what will happen with their pets should they pass away. Because a huge percentage of the dogs that end up in shelters are simply because their very amazing owners died. 
Oh, and there was no plan put together. I did not know that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Also, it really, honestly, education is the key. People don't realize that if you don't spay and neuter your dogs, accidents will happen and accidental litters don't need to be a thing. They don't need to be a thing. There's free spay and neuter programs in almost every parish in this state. Yeah. People don't know that. They also don't know the benefits of spay and neutering your dogs. It improves their behavior. It cuts out cancer, some cancer risks moving forward. There's so many benefits other than the overpopulation of animals in this state and in this country. Okay. So Julie, how will that information get out to the community? What are you, what, what, what are you going to do? I have a pretty big mouth. Yeah, you do. I mean, and I have God you, bless and, you. I have, and I have you, <laughs> and I have the social media, which has always been the key to getting all of my dogs adopted, yes. raising funds. I just am going to just scream it until I, I don't have a voice anymore. Our website is in the very beginning phase, as sure. is RTW, yes. as is the shelter building, which we're working on right now. Um, everything we are just getting going. I literally gave up everything I had and I sold my home. This is a dream of mine. I'm sorry. (laughs) I mean, we've known each other for maybe just a year, but in that time you've moved so swiftly to get this accomplished. Let's talk about this amazing shelter because Raise the Wolf Nola is actually in the fundraising phase and you're doing this amazing raffle. Absolutely. Tell me about the shelter. So when I purchased this home, I did it because it had this, what appeared to be a dilapidated building back there. Uh But when I stepped in it, it was huge and it had Uh such an amazing potential. And so I knew that was the house for me. And I knew that was the building that I needed to build for these dogs. So we Mm -hmm. ripped all of the garbage out of there and we started building and it's really getting to an amazing place. We have had some volunteers. We, we always need volunteers. Tell us about the volunteers that you need right now. Um, you know, honestly to come walk dogs once we, we are, I would say maybe two weeks away from actually having a space for dogs to be in that building right now they're in my house they're in my living room and my bedroom everywhere so we're really close and then we'll need dog walkers yeah. people to come help just play with them oh, yeah. uh part of this shelter is going to be a what i call a transition home mm-hmm. because some of these dogs will have been that will be with us will have been in a shelter for six months eight months a year mm-hmm. and they don't know how to live in a house and we want to set these dogs up for success. When they go to their forever homes, we want them to know what you're supposed to do and what you're not supposed to do. So a back portion of this shelter building will be basically like set up like a little apartment. Uh-huh. So we can actually have volunteers come uh-huh. and just sit on the couch and watch TV with the dogs 
maybe make a little meal in there and teach them not to beg, what not to do, what you're allowed to do. And so that is what the back portion of the building will be set up for. And we need volunteers to come do that. Just come sit down, play with a dog, watch TV, lay on the couch, give them lots of belly rubs. And Mm. and I think it's going to be a really successful because that's how I've done it Uh all, all along is I bring them in. Mm-hmm. I teach them what a couch is, how to sit on it. Some yep. of these dogs have never even been inside a house before. They've just been out what people term outside dogs. Uh-huh. They don't know how to be in a house. They don't yeah. know what to do and what not to do. And that's what we want to teach them before they're adopted into their forever homes. Julie, you you and you have an amazing story about Kane. So tell me, how did you hear about Kane? Of course, social media is yeah. how most of these dogs come into our lives. Yeah. And it's really funny because both Dina and I both got tagged in the same post about this dog, Kane, yeah. who had been in a shelter in a rural county of Missouri, Missouri. Yeah, Missouri. for almost three years in this particular shelter. Uh, doesn't have a volunteer program. So he only got out once a month to get a bath. He ate in his kennel. He's whatever. On the same day, Dina and I both got this post. Uh We reached out to each other. Like, Uh have you seen this dog? Have you seen this? Like, we're like, let's go. So I worked all night rigging at the Smoothie King. She literally picked me up at two o'clock in the morning. We hit the road and went Mm -hmm. and got cane. We drove straight to Missouri. It was like a 13 hour drive, slept for a few minutes in a hotel and drove back. And he now lives in the most amazing home. I get pictures every day. He tucks the little boys in. He's just a great dog. And I'm really happy that we made that, that drive. New Orleans is very lucky to have you, Julie. If it weren't for you, a lot of people would be going hungry. You personally take on collecting the food from culture aid nola and getting it to us cooks so that mm-hmm. we can feed people if you weren't doing that a lot of people would be going hungry and sometimes i feel like if i can feed the people then they can afford to feed their dogs and they That's- don't have to give them up we all know how life is going right now yeah. housing is out of control the, the the utilities in new orleans it's expensive to live yeah you know, and take care of yourselves. I want to make a way that no one has to give up their dog if they don't want to. Yes. Okay. And I would like anybody's help that would like to jump in with us. Yes. And Julie, how are people going to get in touch with you? They can email me mm-hmm. at raise the wolf nola at gmail.com. And you have a Facebook group, no? I do have a Facebook group. It's okay. also Raise the Wolf Nola. Raise the Wolf Nola Facebook, mm-hmm. and they're going to be able to stay on top of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And if anybody really wants to research me as a person and how this really got started for me, they're welcome to look Google me, you know, Julie yeah. Bowers Van Kutren, and yeah. there's plenty to, to read. <laughs> Dina Prescott, who is the partner with Julie Bowers Van Kutren in Raise the Wolf Nola. Hey, talk about this extraordinary bond that you have with dogs. When I was four years old, yeah. my dad took me, um, you know, this was a long time ago. 
and there was a laundry basket full of puppies and he said grab one it's yours so I wriggled my arms down and first one I could get a hold of actually yeah. uh she became Tasha she was my first dog and she lived till I was 16. At 18 I got my first giant breed dog my yeah. old English sheep dog and yes I was in over my head and I had a lot to learn when it came to giants. Then after that, I had a Rottweiler who was rehomed to me. He was um, amazing and was the best babysitter you could ever have. What like I do? could say, where's the baby? And she'd literally be behind the couch and he'd walk around the couch and look at me like, well, she's right here. <laughs> Would patrol the house at night to make sure everyone was safe. Aww. He was just an amazing dog. And unfortunately, I lost him to uh, bone cancer, Aww. which I I tried to fight it and spent money and time and it, it just wasn't going to work. And so yeah. after he passed, um, that's when I went to the shelter and I picked up my first St. Bernard, big lady. Big lady had been tied to a fence outside of the shelter with a piece of paper stapled to her collar that said her name was Lady. In the South, outside, that's horrible. And she weighed 114 pounds. She topped out at 187 pounds. She was a big girl. Yeah. Um, I adored her. And she passed naturally. I had just gotten Biggs at nine months, and then my husband passed away. Oh, Oh, and Biggs literally guided me spiritually through the depths of grief that I don't know if I could have made it without him. I mean, at one point, I just got in the car and started driving all over the country and just camping with him. But he uh -huh. knew that he was helping me heal somehow. Mm -hmm. And then during COVID lockdown, I lost him. I was working very closely with St. Bernard Rescue at the time. I still will always help them. I transport, transport. And so walking up to a 250 pound dog yeah. doesn't intimidate me at all. Yeah. I show it respect. Yeah. And then I get them in the car with me. So I do a lot of transporting. What can you, what is that that you know that we don't get about big dogs? Um, first of all, that they are extremely, extremely gentle. Really? Um, they are often misclassified and because people are just afraid of their size. And I hear them being dumped all the time. Uh, well, I didn't know it was going to get that big. Oh. Okay. You, you bought from a puppy mill, by the way, yeah, a dog that's going to easily get up to 200 pounds, but at six months old, you're dumping it because it's too big. It's slobbering all over my house. It's shedding all over. What did you think was going to happen? Mm. You And so these dogs, St. Bernard's, Newfoundland's, mm -hmm. Great Pyrenees, Mastiffs, they get dumped all the time simply because they're too big. There is no kennel space in shelters for them. If a shelter has one, they have one large kennel. Oh. So, and they are, they just end up being put down when they are perfectly good dogs mm. that we just can't find homes for right now. Believe me, I love all dogs, but they are the ones, you know, they end up, Mastiffs end up being fought. Rottweilers end up being fought. Uh -huh. Um they just aren't treated like the regal, beautiful animals that they are. Oh. And 
you know, when Julie and I um, got Chase, who was a Mastiff, yes. and he was so underweight and so, so defeated, and it it literally killed me inside because I think of the Mastiff as the most regal of all dogs. So I, I knew this was going to make me cry. I was what? in the kennel with Chase trying to get him to eat. And I called Dawn, my St. Bernard rescue lady, and I'm crying. And I said, please, he's going to die. They don't know how to care for him. So she said, tag him and get him to the rescue farm. There's a rescue farm in Tennessee that St. Bernard owns. And when I left him there, I left him as a sanctuary dog thinking he would never leave there. Mm -hmm. And a man came in to adopt a St. Bernard, walked right past him and said, who's he? What's his story? And he didn't even take the saint. He took the Mastiff home. And now the Mastiff sleeps in a bed when he was treated as fighting trash for so long. This is sad stuff, but it's really important for us to know. Because I want to start a little bit nationally and then I want to work down. Okay. The states that euthanize the most dogs are California, Florida, North Carolina, and Louisiana. Now look at Louisiana in size comparison to all those other states. One million dogs a year are euthanized. That means one out of four that enters a shelter never comes back out again. There are 3.7 million dogs that are intake in shelter right now. Explain to me why they don't wait, why they won't make it out. Is it very because there's no space, there's no fosters, there's no adopters, there's no money. So they just get euthanized. If they are adopted, four out of five adopted dogs are returned to the shelter. Oh my gosh. And why is that? What's the reason for that? Because they're not taking the time to do what Julie and I are doing. They've just been locked in that shelter with dogs barking constantly. They need to decompress. They uh, need to learn how to live and how to love again. Yeah. And that's part of our mission is teaching them that you're not hated. You're loved. You're going to sit on this couch. You're going to watch TV with us. If you're not potty trained, you're going to get potty trained. So helping them transition from shelter life into home life is very important part of the process. Okay. Thank you. We have... We only have 3,500 shelters in the entire United States. We have 10,000 rescues nationwide. One out of three dogs comes from a puppy mill. That equals 2.6 million dogs sold from puppy mills. Every year. Every year. Only 36% of U.S. dogs come from a shelter. So they don't need, it's, it's not even their first option. They just go by. What is a pump puppy mill? They will take as many dogs as they can and shove them into enclosures and they mate and they mate and they mate and they mate. They are bred until literally the female can't do it anymore. I have seen uh, four puppy mills myself. They were small dogs, probably, you know, under 20 pound dogs. There was at least 60 of them in just a dog-run enclosure. I have seen another one in Mississippi, which was uh, essentially a barn. And all the dogs were just, that way they can hide what they're doing. 
So uh-huh. they were just in there just mating and throwing out pup and dead puppies being thrown just to the side. They don't even bother to dispose of them. They just toss them out in the trash. Fiona, my saint who was rehomed to me, came from a, a very bad puppy mill. It's in uh-huh. Alabama. I'm not going to say their name because I can't do that. However, she has dysplasia in three joints and entropian eyelids. So I've already had to fundraise the $10,000 to do the hip replacement on one side. It was either do it or euthanize. So this is what they're creating. They're just creating sick and aggressive dogs. Okay. Okay. We have 800 breeders in Louisiana. That means backyard breeders. We Uh only have eight licensed breeders in the entire state. Mm -hmm. We are at a record number of strays in Louisiana. We have a record number of dogs that are being starved on the streets because there's nowhere to go. And it's just going to get worse. Mm -hmm. 80% of the population of Louisiana lives below the poverty line. So they do not have access to even get medical care for their animals. Therefore, where do they go with them? A shelter. Some of our parishes do not even have a shelter at all. And some of the more rural ones that do, it's just an outside enclosure with a tarp on top of it. So we have to ask ourselves, how do we, how do we stop this? We've yes. got to educate. We have to teach people to spay and neuter. If they can't afford it, we've got to raise the money and do it ourselves. It's not because they want their dog to reproduce. They just can't afford it. Yes. And then we end up with oops litters. Yeah. And they, yeah. there is just no place to go. Let's talk about pit bulls. Three to five million pit bulls are in the United States. The breeding rate is up on them. Wow. And why? Culture. I think they were like misinformation. And I also heard this. Someone told me this the other day at work. Typically in the past, like all the little rap videos, the guy's got a pit bull. So they were like the cool dogs to have. And Uh then come the dog fighters, right? Right. So they're breeding. And they're pushing these dogs out. But let me explain what's happening now with the pit bulls. What's happening now is these pit bull breeders who've just been breeding pit bulls all this time. Mm -hmm. They are now getting into a situation where they're making, they're breeding these puppies and nobody's buying them. And so they are just driving around town, dumping these puppies when they get past the, the puppy age. Mm-hmm. I have one in my house right now. Yeah. And I firmly believe that the, the day that this dog was brought to me, mm-hmm. uh, other puppies around the same age, there's about 12, what would you say? About 12 I of them so, 12. were dumped all in these different neighborhoods, literally on the same day. Oh so my I think God. these guys are breeding these dogs and they're realizing there's no market for these dogs anymore. And mm-hmm. so I, I hopefully this will prompt them to stop because yeah. it, it costs a lot of money to breed. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have pit bull and pit bull mixes are the most euthanized dogs in the United States. Yeah. 75% of pit bulls born are euthanized. What? Yes. Well, I will say there's this stigma around pit bulls are bad. Oh, yeah. Pit bulls Correct. are scary. Pit oh, yeah. Are, are what are... you teach them to be. Well, you've personally met my pit bull. Yeah. What does she ever do to you? Bring you her, her toy? <laughs> Bring <your> toy. <laughs> yeah. Every toy. I mean, they're the sweetest dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, they, yeah. 
I've never had an incident with a pit bull and I have hopped fences. I have untied them. They hop right in my car and uh-huh. wag their tails and uh, kiss my face. Yeah. Uh, They're angels. It's, so, it's a misconception. Yeah. And the problem is now that there's so many of them yeah, yeah. and they're bred just like other dogs. They're bred and inbred yeah. and, it, and it brings, it does bring behavioral issues. Sure. Sure. We don't have sex with our brothers and sisters and make babies. For a reason. <laughs> but these breeders don't care. Yeah. There's yes. no ethics involved yes. no. in yes. their situation. And so they'll breed a brother and sister. It, they yeah. will take an aggressive dog yeah. and breed it with another aggressive dog. Wow. And it makes, it's genetics. It really yes. is genetics. And so yes. if you're overbreeding yeah. anything yeah. and you're inbreeding anything, there are going to be issues. Okay. So, so for these small amount of pit bulls that do become aggressive, now we have the pit bull stigma. So now a landlord doesn't want to rent to you. Your insurance company doesn't want to insure you with a pit bull. Right. 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 And there's nothing wrong with them, but the breeders keep breeding them. Yeah. Yeah. And they keep ending up in shelters and they can't be adopted because of insurance purposes or just laws in certain cities. Yeah. It's, it's, we got to stop these breeders. 75% of all pit bulls brought into a shelter are euthanized on intake to the room these are amazing dogs these are good dogs i mean this is a crazy little statistic as well we spend one billion dollars a year nationally on disposal of dead dogs meanwhile we could be using that those funds to spay and neuter educate drive around the country and help we were given a grant, I believe Louisiana, $3 million. It was already ours. It was approved. Yeah, they took it they back. Overturned they took it. the money back. $3 uh, million. Listen, yes. you don't even have to be an animal lover. Do right. you want dogs running around all over the street? But awesome. I did want to talk about how people can support you. We have, a, there's a raffle, but what would be, uh, and that's kind of a local New Orleans raffle. It and is. That, it's It's yeah. mostly like, Saints tickets, some yeah. athletic club memberships, yeah, lots of gift baskets. Yeah, I mean, I know. we have about three thousand dollars in items in uh-huh. many gift baskets. Tons of New Orleans artists have donated uh, their artwork, their photos. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it's it's incredible um, what's been donated. And I actually had an email from someone the other day that said, Julie how do you get all these amazing raffle items? And you know what I said? I just asked for them. Yeah. I just asked. I asked and people know that what I'm doing is important. Yes. And valuable. Yes. It's for everyone and it's for every dog and they just cannot give me stuff fast enough. So I I, I appreciate my community. Yeah. We want to also thank LeBonton Relay for donating their courtyard space to us to hold the raffle in completely for free. The date for the raffle here, the raffle party. That's going to be July 31st. July 31st. Um, Anyone that wants to purchase a raffle ticket, they are one for $10. Right. 
three for 20 right. and anyone that buys a hundred dollars in raffle tickets also gets a free raise the wolf t-shirt you are now a nonprofit. we and are yes. i just received our 501c3 paperwork yes we are also registered with the IRS, so you do get okay. an EIN number for your donation, so mm -hmm. you can take it off your taxes. What I would say for right now, since, I mean, all of this is so brand new and we're sure. just getting all this going, I would say just email me okay. at raisethewolfnola yeah. at gmail.com. And then uh -huh. we will, after your donation, we will send you a donation receipt with right. all of our numbers on it. So right. you have it for your taxes. Purchase a raffle ticket. Right. You can Venmo uh -huh. at Julie-Bowers-Van Kutrin. Okay. Okay. Thank All you. Right. Thank you for being with us today.